Welcome to another episode of the Neon Belly. In this episode, we're going to talk about the mount, why I think especially in 2022 that learning the mount is better than ever, why I think it's underrated, and why I think it might even be a stronger position than the back. A little bit of a hot take. Before we get into that, I just wanted to say I picked up a sponsor for the podcast real quick, and... Um, uh, Brandon McCatherine BMAC down in 10th Planet Decatur is uh, sponsoring the podcast, and I've got a link in the description. Brandon has a thing on his website called the Jedi Archive, and it basically gets updated weekly, and it's just a ton of instructional content. There's roles, there's some seminars in there, there's um, there's you know some material by other instructors and other athletes, and uh, if you use the code Jedi Dollar when you check out, it's one dollar for the first month, and then after that first month, it flips to twenty nine dollars a month. So feel free to use that, and uh, at the very least, you know, for a month at a dollar, there's some really really awesome content on there. So that being said, go ahead and get into this mount stuff. Now let me go ahead and get this hot take out of the way. I kind of think the mount is just as good as the back. I'm really tempted to say better. I don't want to go that far, but I definitely want to say it's just as good. At the very least, whenever you have the mount, if you have a good mount, even if you're losing the mount position, you can usually lose it in a way where you can get the back. So if you're on the back and you're losing it, a lot of times you're going to end up on bottom. Depending on what side you're on, if you're on the overarm side, you've got a good look at, at getting the mount off of losing the back. But a lot of times it ends up being like a half guard or a three-quarter mount situation. But if you have really good solid mount pressure and you lose the position, you're going to be able to usually get a chair sit out of it and, and get to the back. Speaking of good pressure from the mount, it takes a long time to develop so there's never a better time to start I didn't start working on my mount until brown belt I got my brown belt and immediately early on I sort of freaked out and I thought oh wow I'm gonna be a black belt at some point it's funny because this was a long time ago and I'm not a black belt but I I sort of freaked out at the idea of having a bad clothes guard and a bad mount. For some reason, those were just the two positions that I thought every good black belt had to have. You know, I was just like, oh no, the idea that I could maybe get a black belt and have a bad clothes guard or a bad mount, like this is unacceptable. So I immediately started sinking some time into the mount in 2016. Had a crazy experience at Ryan Hall's that I wanted to share uh, in the spring of 2016. It was probably within a couple of months of getting my brown belt. I visited Ryan Hall's academy and got a roll in with Ryan. It was a no gi roll, and in the middle of the roll, I'll, I'll never forget. Ryan was wearing like a T-shirt. And um, he had the mount position, and I was a really, really big fan of deep half guard at the time. And I brought both my hands down 
not on Ryan's hips like a kipping escape that wasn't as popular at the time, but I wanted to reach underneath Ryan's groin with both hands and start to kind of uh, scoot underneath his body to get to get him up onto my shoulders for like a deep half position. While I did this, um, he kind of pinched his his thighs and my hands got stuck underneath his body. So both of my hands are stuck underneath Ryan Hall and his chest is, you know, just crushing my face. Like Ryan's mount pressure is insane. Anybody that's rolled with Ryan Hall knows what I'm talking about and there's some stories out there. So, you know, it just feels like a car is parked on my face and um, everybody's been rolling for a while. So it's sweaty. So I'm like getting waterboarded. <laughs> I can't inhale without like the, the fabric like coming into my face and I want to tap out, but my hands are stuck. Not only can I not tap out with my hands, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I can tap out with my feet, but my feet are, um, Ryan has his, his legs like elevating my feet off of the floor. So my feet aren't touching the floor. So I have no way to tap. You know, my face is muffled. If I'm trying to verbal tap, nobody can hear me. My hands are stuck under the, under there. Can't tap with my hands. Can't tap with my feet. And I just desperately am just hoping to get submitted. And um, he did end up submitting me. And it took probably, it probably didn't feel as long as I felt like it did. Uh, Or I'm sorry, it probably wasn't as long as I felt like it was. It probably was 15 seconds or so. Uh, It felt like a minute. I mean... It was the closest I've come to having a panic attack uh, in training my entire time. So that really drove home to me the importance of having a good mount. And I'll probably never have a mount that feels like that. But from that day on, it was really important to me that I try to develop a mount that could make other people feel like that. And even then, it just took a whole lot of time. And I would didn't really start to feel like I had a strong pressure mount game until like late 2019, early 2020. So my point is that it takes a long time and that there's just never, it's never too early to go ahead and work on the mount. I would say it's one of the more underdeveloped offensive tools in the arsenal. If you watch a lot of jujitsu, You'll see you don't see a ton of mount until you do. And then when you do see it, you see it a lot. Like the people that are really, really good at jujitsu have very incredible mounts. But like everybody below them doesn't have a mount game that just is going to like blow you away when you watch it. So, you know, I hear a lot of people say like the mount's overrated. Just go for the back. Just go for the back. And... I mean, I get it, you know, it's, um, I, the back probably has more, um, a few more submission options, at least submission options that don't take as much time investment up front, you know, chokes from the back, especially in the gi, there's a lot of chokes from the back, 
arm bars, triangles, rear triangles, those are all pretty intuitive. Um, some of the stuff from the mount, arm triangles, take a lot of feel and a lot of pressure to create the openings to get those elbows open. Um, punch chokes and Ezekiel chokes are very strong weapons but aren't super um, intuitive. And then from high mount, uh, your mounted arm bars and your mounted triangles also take a lot of pressure and precision and confidence to go for those. So it's easier to just kind of hold the back and kind of start sawing your arms into position for like rear naked chokes or grabbing lapels and going for collar chokes from the back or even Kimura grips and starting to attack like those arm bars and triangles from the back. So um, I get I get that. And in a lot of wrestling transitions and scrambles, it's easier to just get the back than it is to get the mount. But I still want to make a case for the mount because I'm seeing it a little bit more and more. I noticed it a lot more at the past couple ADCC trials. More people were passing directly to the mount because in that rule set, it's not very easy to pass to side control and hold for points because to score a pass, you have to keep 75% of your opponents back on the mat. So that pass to mount, it's much easier to keep their back to the mat and keep that friction there. The biggest key that has helped my mount in the past few years is to stay relaxed. It's almost counterintuitive, but you almost want to be super dead weight, like almost like a dead fish. A great drill you can do with a friend is to get a training partner and have them feel how they would normally feel on top of you. This, this kind of lets them feel the power of it. If you have them sort of keep their natural body tension and their natural uh, posture, and you just say, hey, let's just play from here for a second, and you just kind of roll for a second, and you just ask them to hold the mount, and you just like put their hands on their hips and just bridge a couple times. You don't even have to like fully try to escape the mount, but just try to bridge a couple of times. And you'll feel them move around pretty heavily. Like they'll have to reach out and post and, you know, you probably won't bump them all the way off, but they'll definitely have to react to you. Then let them come back down and tell them to just totally relax and tell them, say, hey, don't even really try any techniques. Don't even really try to hold the mount. Just completely go dead fish on top of me. And then say, all right, you know, now let's just go from here. I'm going to do the same thing. And you do some bridges and you do some little hip explosions. Try to move them around and you will feel an immense difference. Both people will feel a huge difference when you do this. It's going to be so much harder to move them around. Then you, from the bottom, it feels crazy because they just feel like three times as heavy as they did before. The person on top can feel it too. And then you flip and go the other way. And then you try the same thing. You keep your normal tension with them. Have them give you some kips and some bridges from the bottom. And then you go super dead weight, relaxed. And let them bridge and try to explode underneath. And 
they will feel how difficult it is uh, to get you off. You'll feel night and day difference in your mount literally overnight. Once you implement this in your training, and now is a great time to do it too with the body lock passing. So implement this into your game, a relaxed mount. It doesn't really matter, high mount, low mount. If you go super relaxed, you will be able to feel the tension in your opponent's body on bottom before they move. You'll start to notice, hey, I can feel which way they're about to bridge me. I can feel which way they're about to hip escape. I can feel when they're tensing up the second before they do it. Most people will let you know what moves they're going to do before they do it. They'll telegraph hard. You know, they'll let you know with their body language and their tension what they're going to do. And if you have a tense mount, if you have tension in your body, you won't be able to feel it. So it's almost like there's two TVs in the same room. If the, the louder the volume is on one, you're not going to be able to hear what's on the other one. Someone with that TV is going to turn up their volume knob to try to outcompete your sound. And then they can't hear what's on your TV. And you both just keep getting louder and louder. That's how a lot of jujitsu is. But especially in the mount position, I've noticed um, being able to feel what the other person's doing ahead of time is such a helpful tool to have. And if you're tense, you're not going to be able to feel it. The best grapplers, if you watch the best fighters, the best strikers, the best grapplers, you name it, most of them look pretty smooth and relaxed. Um, for good mounts, you know, I will watch Hodger Gracie, Gordon Ryan, a ton of Craig Jones rolls on his website. Um, I'm going to link some videos of Brandon. You know, I, I, I mentioned Brandon at the top of this podcast one of his weapons from the mount that has absolutely changed my game is called the punch choke. It looks like an Ezekiel choke. It's not. It's it's more like a Von Flu choke. Your shoulder is doing most of the choke. Your second hand comes in like a fist or a cat's paw to sort of seal the deal. But it, that's a fantastic weapon. Um, it's going to make it very difficult for the bottom player to do the kipping escape on you, which is very popular right now. If you don't know what it is, it's an escape where you put your hands on the hips, you remove your own feet from the floor when somebody's mounted on top of you, and you sort of pop your hips up and down while swinging your your legs kind of from side to side, and it really disjoints and breaks the connection between you and the person mounted on top of you, and it's very... Uh, easy to use the kip escape to work your way into like leg entanglements or leg locks or regards and um, the best way to kip escape is to get your hands on the mounted player's hips so if you're mounted it really helps to have a weapon to prevent the bottom player from putting their hands on your hips or at least comfortably and having a punch choke or an Ezekiel choke will make them a lot more hesitant, will make the bottom player a lot more hesitant to put their hands on your hips. 
if they put their hands on your hips and they know they're opening up their own neck, they're going to be less likely to do it. And even if even if you don't submit them every time with a punch choke or an Ezekiel choke, it's still going to be really uncomfortable, painful, or they're going to be concerned about maybe having to tap out to it. So no matter how you slice it, it's a really strong weapon to learn. In the description of the episode below, I'm going to have a video of the punch choke in action, some of Craig Jones's mounted Ezekiel chokes, and some instructionals on both. Personally, I really favor the low mount, um, which is where those punch chokes come from. The punch choke to the arm triangle, or the arm triangle to the punch choke, is probably my favorite submission sequence in the game right now. Um, I'm working on my high mount where I attack more mounted arm bars and mounted triangles. Um, they're both fantastic. Uh, I'm giving more advice here on the low mount just because I think that's that's a, a great way to start from. And you usually have to end up in the low mount before you can progress to the high mount. Um, one tip that really, really will help your mount as well is to do something um, called palming the thigh so instead of like grapevining the legs of the person on bottom you just use the soles of your feet against their thighs and you just maintain contact you don't have to press or kick so when they go to like hip escape and they turn onto one hip you just keep the sole of your foot in contact and when they get on their hip like let's say you're mounted on them and they get onto their left hip. So your right foot, the right the sole of your right foot is against their left thigh. Their left thigh is underneath them. Um it's gonna be hard for them to square back up uh because you're palming that thigh and it sort of you know blocks it and checks it and keeps it in place. This gives you like a, a three-dimensional dynamic way of controlling the mount with your feet instead of just um, trying to just pull your heels to your butt to kind of grapevine their legs or, you know, keep their feet elevated off the ground, which they can kind of foot pummel and work their way out of that situation. Um, the head pin is the third piece of the puzzle that I would really recommend for the low mount. I don't see this taught very much at all and I have no idea why, but when you're mounted on somebody if you basically put your chin on top of one of their trap muscles and get almost ear to ear with them so that the side of your temple is touching the side of their head. Uh if you have any kind of like grip underneath their head, like a cross face or an underhook, or anything like that, and you just, uh, it cages in their head and forces them to look at the ceiling. So if you're mounted on somebody, and you have your right arm either underneath their neck, or underhooking their left armpit, you put your right head um, onto the mat, their head's going to be on your right, and you just maintain contact between the side of your head and their head that's going to be really strong at pinning their head in place especially if you take your left hand and reach out to your left and palm it against the mat and sort of give some back pressure it's going to be super difficult for them to do much with you 
if their head is stuck facing the ceiling, the body has to follow the head, right? Where the head goes, the body must go. And if the body's only facing, if the head is only facing the ceiling, they aren't really going to be able to bridge and roll you effectively in either direction or hip escape in either direction. So these three things have really helped a lot with my mount. Relaxation, head pinning, palming their thighs with the soles of my feet, and developing like a really strong punch choke uh, arm triangle combo. And one thing, the last thing I wanted to say that's just super, super undervalued about the mount is just the psychological and physical stress of being underneath there. When I was underneath Ryan Hall's mount, I just, I, I can't explain how badly I just wanted to get submitted. Anything else was preferable. And I just find that there's no other position that offers that type of, like, I need to get out of here right now kind of feeling to it. And that's something that I think I just wish I had had earlier. You know, it took me until brown belt to get it, and I just wish I had had a leg up. It's it's underrated for getting submissions. Um, it's very common in the jiu-jitsu community to hear, well, the mount isn't overrated for strikes or MMA, but it is overrated for grappling because there's not as many submissions there, and it's like, Maybe there aren't as many submissions from there, but the ones that are there are super reliable if you can cook someone and make them very miserable first. And that's also an even better skill to have if you're sort of a nicer, kinder grappler and you just aren't, you do, and you don't generally get really mean or like really physical with people. I think it's important to realize that you can sort of be mean and bully people in like a technical relaxed way and it's not being a dick to them you're not being a jerk and the mount is a great way to learn the value of that so uh, this will not be the last time that I talk about the mount on the podcast Uh, I wanted to get an episode out because it's been the longest I've gone without releasing one definitely feel a little bit rusty I have had a ton of stuff um going on I've had a ton of car troubles um car troubles during um traveling across the state and you know thinking about moving and just a lot of a lot of stuff going on so I'm really really sorry for the delay um getting back to it regularly i'm gonna crank out a few of these tonight and get these out um so thanks for being patient with me you know um i've gotten really good feedback on the last few um still gonna get back to some 80 i still have thoughts about the adcc west coast trials uh wno the adcc world championships coming up and i have some thoughts on an andrew wiltsey video i saw from a commenter about um, heel hooks. Someone in the comments was talking about heel hooks. So, you know, if you've listened this far, I'm just curious to know for the next episode, 
Does your gym, does your school allow heel hooks? And if so, are there any uh, prerequisites on that? Do you have to take a certain amount of classes first? Do you have to um, be a certain belt level? Uh, I'm just curious for those of you out there that are allowed to do heel hooks or if you aren't allowed to do them at all, uh, I'd be curious to know that too because it would help for um, going into the next podcast topic. But uh, if I can do anything for anyone's mount, give me a shout anytime. Uh, Like always, I'll put um, companion links and pieces of info in the podcast description. And thanks everyone for being patient with me. Uh, I'm back. Um, And uh, yeah, love everybody. Um, Thanks so much for everything. And I hope everyone has an awesome and fun week. Uh, Peace out. We'll see you soon.